Welcome to episode 51 of Stage Worthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stage Worthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre, featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, stage managers, producers, and more. If you'd like to be a guest on Stage Worthy or you just want to drop me a line, you can find Stage Worthy on Facebook and Twitter at Stage Worthy Pod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. If you like the podcast, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. My guests are Alec Toller and Joshua Brown from Circle Snake Productions, presenting The Queen's Conjurer until November 20th at the Attic Arts Hub in Toronto. Tell me, about, tell me about The Queen's Conjurer. Sure. Um, it's about uh, a real guy called John Dee, who was a 16th century advisor to Queen Elizabeth and a scientist slash wizard at a time when it's hard to tell those two apart. Mm. Um, so that's the focus of it. And uh, yeah, he, the, the, the general gist of it is that he they find a star that pertains to Queen Elizabeth's um, reign and she's sort of concerned about it, so he goes to investigate it. He hires Edward Talbot, who's a scryer, who communicates with spirits to try and get some more information on the star. Mm. But bringing him in, because he's kind of got one foot in the spirit world, he's quite emotionally disturbed. And as they try to uncover this pro- prophecy, they have to work through a lot of his turbulent emotional life to, mm. to make things work. So it's ultimately, re- like, it seems like it's about wizards, but really it's about vulnerability and intimacy and, and human change. Where did the uh, inspiration for, for the play come from? Well, uh, <laughs> I was on a date and I used the word thaumaturgy and I was like, am I using this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The date went very badly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, and then I, was like, I looked it up. I was like, did I use that correctly? It means literally like miracle working, but kind of mm-hmm. it's magic. Um, and I, I looked up on Wikipedia and uh, it referenced John Dee. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. so I clicked on him. And I read his Wikipedia page and I just fell in love with the guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's the archetype, and prototype of a wizard. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in reality, Prospero and the Tempest and uh, Faust were based on him. Oh, really? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. even today, like uh, Gandalf and Dumbledore, like those, that type is him. Okay. So as a super nerd, I was like, I have to tell my people's story. I mean, in, when you're doing something that's sort of a, a history piece, mm-hmm. um, there, I, there can be this, this, uh, the urge to be historically accurate um, and decide how much of history you want to keep and how much you right. want to throw out. Um, did you fall down a research hole, or did oh, yeah. you? Uh, and how much of that research did you keep, and how much did you uh, did you did you did you throw out? Um, we kept as much as was dramatic, and we threw out as much as wasn't, um, and also threw out as much as we could fit into a two-hour play. Mm-hmm. He lived to eighty in the fifteen hundreds. Okay, so mm-hmm. he did a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of joke, semi-joke, that that there's a lot of material that will be good for our seven. Seventh season HBO series. Not a um, joke. Not a joke. Um, <laughs> not a joke. Um, 
so there's a lot of stuff, and, and you know, when you are doing a biography or any kind of history piece, you have to be really clear on what the story is that you're telling, because mm -hmm. you don't want to just tell somebody's life. That's very, very boring. Yes. Um, yeah. Even the most interesting life, you need to find a cohesive narrative arc. Yeah. So we kind of did that just through research and improv and writing and discussion, and there's there's certainly a few major events in his life that we were kind of interested in, and once we really explored what how those would be climactic or not, that kind of like retroactively kind of helped us figure out what the play was about. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, a great so. deal of that happened as well um, after our sort of first draft, mm. which we jokingly refer to, or lovingly refer to as the vomit draft, because mm. <laughs> we just wanted to get the play written and, yeah. and see what it could be, you know, mm. and that, that was much more of a sort of biopic or biodrama. Bio it, was, it was a lot it more was, people talking about, like, 1500s astrology. Mm. Like, yeah, well, and like, it was also just a lot more uh, uh, literal in terms of this timeline, and this happened, and this happened, and historically accurate, and... Mm. and we had them going because they went to Poland, they went to the Holy Roman Empire, they, you know, they did all of this stuff with these rulers. Um, and, and once we had like our 15th ruler come in the room, <laughs> it was like, this is boring, yeah. you know, and really, and, and once we got the actors together to read it, um, was really, it was a really telling night mm. because we, we got everybody to read it and it was literally night and day between, oh, this is interesting yeah. because they're talking to each other and things are changing within their relationship. Right. And then, oh, no, this is now I'm asleep because mm -hmm. we're talking once again about the geopolitical shifts of the 1600s. Did, did you guys find that 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 almost like there's a, that moment when you have that first draft and people read it and it's. It's a first draft, so it's not good. Yeah. And you can either go, well, this is garbage, and you can either throw it out, or you can try to sort of sit back and say, okay, this is what worked, and this is what didn't. And But it, it can be a fine line between right. between doing the two. Yeah, I found the first draft, like, because it was truly a vomit draft, mm -hmm. um, quite horribly stained. No, um, we didn't, I wasn't super concerned about what it would, mm. like, if it would work as a play, because mm. it was effectively research, right. or or like improv, you know, mm -hmm. that we had just sort of jumped I out. mean, not even improv. Research is the closest thing. Yeah. Really. It was sort of research, um, uh, let's use a different verb this time, um, <laughs> regurgitated through the, uh, <laughs> through the mouths of the characters. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really, and, and we, so to answer your question more directly, we, we did, we had no intention of throwing it away. Right. We knew from, this like from the moment of sitting down, this is not the play. Mm -hmm. This is something of the world. This is an arc, mm -hmm. so that we can then start to look at what's going on and, mm -hmm. and, and delve deeper into the relationships and the characters themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, how how long did it take you to? What was the writing process like? And how long did it take you to get to to performance uh, quality on right. a script? Um, it took about a year, give or take. Um, well, that's really when I started research, really. Yes, sure, um, yeah. yeah. And so the early part of 2016, we were doing some research. Um, and then we, him and, uh, Josh and I wrote a first draft in May, or April, sorry. April. Uh, then we did a month-long like workshop, mm -hmm. improv kind of stuff with the actors. Mm -hmm. Lots of character development, exploration, improvising some scenes. Just trying to make human these historical figures, right. you know? 
Uh, and then after that, we sort of took the work we had done and uh, wrote until basically our, uh, um, our we started rehearsal October. We did the bulk of the writing in September mm. because uh, both Josh and I were working on other projects over the summer. But actually having that time apart, that being time apart from the script, mm. was really helpful because there's a lot of big questions we had and lots of things we weren't sure about. And I, I felt that when we came back to it in September, a lot of those big questions kind of sorted themselves out. And then we got new big questions and stuff. But, but certain yeah. things like with the women's role in it and, and what the play was about, like what that sort of story arc was, those started to crystallize a bit. Yeah, I think you you know you work on something for a while and then you get um, to the point where you can't really see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and then, so yeah. So I would say absolutely the time part was really time away from the script. I, we keep saying time apart. I was away for the summer mm-hmm. um, yeah. out on the East Coast. So, um, but yeah, those that was super valuable. And yeah, I don't know whether they worked themselves out or we just able, were able to come back at them with really fresh eyes, you know? That's and, what and, I mean, yeah. 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 Um, was this your first project working together or have you guys, what's your collaborative history? This is our third show together and our second one that we've written together. Um, we had done Dark Matter before, which was a science fiction uh, version of Heart of Darkness mm-hmm. with no set, no props, and it was, uh, it was a very fun show. Um, and uh, so him and I worked on that, and we um, were both involved in the writing. We also had uh, the, other, the other actors in that helped write it as well. Um, and we also did a production of Angel City, which was my first play that I did here. Uh, <laughs> which was for the Playwright Project, the Sam Shepard version mm-hmm. uh, in 2013. It is a, a weird, funky play, <laughs> but we found that we worked really well together um, and kind of continued from there. And then I guess earlier this year or late last year or something, I said, come be part of my company. Yeah. Because it's just me. <laughs> and I'm with two people. So we doubled in size. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I said, okay. Yeah, he said, okay. <laughs> Well, you, you said okay, but it was like, okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to ask you, each of you, about your uh, theater backgrounds and uh, when it was that you realized the theater was something you wanted to do and what was it that, that like, what drew you to the theater in the first place? Josh, why don't you, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, I, um, I grew up a ballet dancer in... Uh, a small town called Lloydminster, Alberta. I guess it's not quite so small anymore, but, um, and I was uh, performing from the age of about seven and I was in a musical in high school in grade 10, uh, grade grade nine, maybe grade 10. I can't remember. Um, but I was in Bye Bye Birdie and I was a dancer in it and I think someone got sick. And they literally like were just like, hey, you need to play the reporter now. You have one line. Here's your hat. Here's your pen. Go. And I, I went did you on and I did. I, sorry, I did not poison anybody. No, I, was, I had no desire. I was a, I was a rather, um, I was a, a really good ballet dancer. I didn't want to do any speaking. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so anyways, I, I went on and I got a laugh with my one stupid line. And I was like, there was this moment of like, oh. <laughs> oh, I like this. Like I like the talking, and so, yeah. and then just slowly over over high school, I started acting more and more. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the University of Windsor, got a bachelor of fine arts there, and um, 
yeah, and then took some time off. Actually, speaking of what, when you decided that theater was something you mm-hmm. wanted to do, it was something I wanted to do for a very long time, and then very abruptly something I didn't want to do anymore. And uh, school, school had sort of um, uh, beaten all the the fun of it uh, out for mm-hmm. me, as it does for lots of people, I think. Yeah. And I was young and. So I went and taught uh, English in Korea for three years, and then when I came back, I was I was coming back to act, and so, yeah. Was it, because I mean, I, I, I gave up acting for my, myself for a period of, of, of years, but not at, out of theater school, it was, uh, I produced a massive production of Midsummer Night's Dream and a Lost Play by Shakespeare, so it was this big thing, and then when that was done, I was like, I spent like a month going through motions, and then was just like, wait, nope can't do this and so I stopped for maybe two three years um did you was it what was it that that for you that you think made you want to like that you just couldn't do it anymore um I was I mean as I said school like and with with lots of love to some of my professors Mm -hmm. and and I certainly don't regret going to school Mm -hmm. and, and all that I learned there but school really, I think that institutionalizing the teaching of art is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you, because so much of it, we, we grow up, we go through, you know, from kindergarten to high school, you're, so much of your self-worth is wrapped yeah. up in the approval of, of whoever your teacher yes. is. And, and yeah. as well as your parents, obviously. And, and so, and I think it's a really weird thing as an artist to, to be going like, oh, Am I doing the right thing yeah. all the time? Mm-hmm. And so I was no longer having any fun, which is kind of as soon as that happens, then you just sort of die. Yeah. Just, I was really good at being like the good actor mm-hmm. that would make the right choices. And my performances were incredibly, mm-hmm. you know, analytically sound, but pretty dead, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty stiff and uninteresting. And, and it was just, it was no fun for me. I was, I was, my whole self-worth was wrapped up in, in, if work was going well, then I was on top of the world. If, mm-hmm. if it was going poorly, then I, you know, was was <laughs> ready to jump off a bridge. And so that was not sustainable for me. And so, yeah, so I, I left because of that. And I didn't know if I'd come back. I did you did you feel like when, when you gave it up that you didn't know who you were anymore? Were you, or is that one of the reasons why you went to Korea? Yeah. I think that's the thing is mm. that's why I wanted to give it up because I, I already felt while I was working, I was, mm. th- this wasn't the same thing that I had been doing years before. Mm. This wasn't the same thing that, you know, and, and there's, there, there were productions that were exceptions where you sort of like get really lucky and yeah. find that sort of that, um, uh, that's that flavor of things again, that, that moment, that, that thing that brings you back to the joy of it. Um, but a lot of the time it was grind work for me mm-hmm. and, and that was, you know, and when you're, <laughs> when you're doing independent theater and it's a grind, it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. And yeah, I'm, absolutely. Absolutely. When you're not making any money and you're miserable, right. why were you doing it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Did, was there something while you were away that, that made you realize that you were ready to come back to it or did you just, just one day wake up and feel it? Or? No, it was a long time coming. I was, I mean, I was away for three years and, um, and had a lovely life over in Korea. I was teaching English and rock climbing every day and, and I got really into mountain climbing mm-hmm. and that was something I did all the time. And, and that sort of became my new sort of passionate thing I had in life. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really this slow creep that, you know, I would think about going and, and I, I actually hosted an open mic night over there. Um, that was very sort of coffee shops and singer songwritery mm-hmm. and some spoken word poetry and things like that. Not, not my own, thank God. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and a friend of mine, uh, a guy by the name of Drew Cameron, uh, who's actually, he's still over there teaching. He, uh, 
he had done some acting in university and he liked talking to me about acting. So mm. he asked me if I wanted to do like some, just some work and play around and it had been so long. And I said, sure, yeah, it'd be fun. And so we did three scenes from True West mm. in this little coffee shop in front of like 30 of our expat friends. And, and I was like, oh yeah, this was, mm. this is like all of a sudden it was like, yeah, right. This yeah. is what I need. Mm. And, and then over, after that time, it was pretty quick. That I was like, oh, you know, this is a good life, and if I could never act again, it would be okay. But, um, but I don't. I just, I, I've never found anything that is as um, interesting, mm. you know, as fascinating to me as, as the process. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Um, I know for myself, when I left, I was like, I was not going to go back in. I went and got a day job and did that whole thing until somebody said, I want you to do this. I want you to play uh, Touchstone in, in As You Like It. And I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. And they were basically like, I know I know you used to do it and you don't do it anymore, but could you they just read it and do this? And then I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop right. after that. Alec, what was your, uh, like, what... What was it that brought you to theater? Um, I just wanted a really good spy train. No, um, <laughs> I started in high school, a little bit before, but I went to an arts high school in mm. Canterbury, which like about a billion people in Toronto seems to have graduated from. So I did that um, throughout, and I was acting quite a bit in, in school and such. And I kind of found my way into directing because I got a little frustrated with my the people who were directing me. And, and I, I just wanted to make my own work and my own choices and such. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very medium a- actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm very happy to direct people who are very good at it. Um, um, anyway, so I did that. And then I went to a theater university, uh, um, University of Victoria in BC, because they had a directing program. There's only two undergraduate directing programs mm-hmm. in Canada, which is that and New York. Right. Um, but I found it to be too slow, too simple. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with speaking with some of the faculty there, it was pretty clear that they they had a directing program on paper, but not really mm-hmm. practice. And I, I, I had some doubts about theater at that point anyway. I've been doing it for a while, and um, I, I have been doing photography as well throughout um, high school and such. And, like that too, and I was like, "Well, I could probably figure out how to do film." So I quit uh, my theater program and I transferred to York mm-hmm. for film. And so I actually graduated with a film degree in like production, um, but I did a quite a bit of focus on directing and writing. And then after I graduated, I did yeah, kind of two years of stuff, you know, <laughs> like working at a summer camp and working at various jobs. Yeah. There was I was definitely trying to do some side jobs in the film industry kind of stuff, like on set work and stuff. And just over time, I kind of narrowed and narrowed and narrowed what I actually wanted to do with the skills that I had. And then at some point, um, like I really, I truly do love film. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a beautiful medium, but it's an enormous undertaking, even in a way that a, a project, even like this, um, isn't. Just because the number of people involved and the money yeah. and like it's just, it's a very, very different. And I was a little frustrated with Film is a much more hierarchical approach, a way more organized, like you have to have a clear idea of it from day one, like what, what your project is. Whereas what I like in theater is that it's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, film, I find, can be very hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it can be collaborative, but it's, it's much like, there's just 
so many more things to organize simultaneously. You don't really have time to explore right. and like make discoveries on set. You need to have you need to know that beforehand. Sometimes that's the yeah, that's always the thing that always got me about film was you know I'm a theater actor and so I like I'm like I rehearse rehearsal yeah. rehearsal is a thing and then anytime I've done a film it's just always been so um, shocking that that oh I just show up and I I get in front of a camera and I do it yeah and no we don't rehearse a thing yeah it's very strange I mean it's yeah. not. It's not an actor's medium, ironically. No. I mean, as much as it's, it's pushed by star power, but mm. the actual craft, not so much. Because an actor in a film, you're giving material mm-hmm. that the director and editor then select. Yeah. So if you are an amazing actor 50% of the time, you could be a perfect film actor. Yeah. But you, you couldn't do that for theater. You have to be present the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that film actors are any worse no, or better. No, no, it's just, no. just a different craft, slightly. Um, anyway, so I, I, what I liked in theater is the collaborative form. I like discoveries. I like having an idea of what a show is or what a scene is, mm-hmm. and then discovering different things with my actors. And that's kind of where I think I, I shine. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to, to do stuff. Like I wanted to make stuff um, mm. and film again. It's, it's such an engine to get going. So I, uh, I was actually I had directed, or sorry, I had shot and edited a trailer for this playwright project. They had brought me in to help help advertise it. And I, they weren't paying me, so I negotiated that, can I direct one of the projects in return? Mm. And they're like, sure, why not? So I did, and I, I was very happy to do that. And mm. then from there, I, I got back into theater, so it's been about three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you get involved with Sex T-Rex? My brother used to be part of them. Okay. And um, I had I kind of had always been, not with their improv, but their first scripted show, Callahan, I was, they brought me in to work a bit on their workshop mm-hmm. of it. Um, so I have sort of had a foot in from the beginning in some ways of, of this scripted work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of what, why we were working well together was because of my film background as well. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we, with Sectrex, try to make movies kind of happen on stage. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So that was something that I brought, uh, or helped to bring, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, and then, I so, so I was working like occasionally with them, and then as of Wildcat in 2014, I was brought in more completely to, to mm-hmm. help work on the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in terms of this show, what's it like? Been what's it been like putting together this full production? Have there been parts of it that you had no idea how you were going to do, as far as the production or? Like what? What's the pro? What's the process of putting this production together been like for you guys? Do you mean uh, in terms of when you say the production? No, just the script writing. Just like like, okay, like yeah, getting sure. getting like you know the the actors, the space, the like rehearsal, like the whole thing. How's that process been for you guys? Challenging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, challenging. very challenging. I mean, yeah. it's it's always challenging, but especially I think this time around, yeah. I. I can speak for myself. I find it. I think. I think we both found it really challenging. It's the first. As Alex said, we've worked collaboratively before, and like with Dark Matter, we had five writers in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for for better or worse, really, on this one, I think because of the nature of the research and and how long we've been gestating this, we certainly relied on our actors for adjustments and ideas mm-hmm. and. But 
you know, the script is really in the end by, by Alec and mm-hmm. I. And, and, and some of the development, like, so we did an improv oh, to help make these yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they definitely contributed quite a bit. But, oh, and, but yes, and, we wrote yeah. most of the words. Yeah, and, and, and so just that, that, like, you know, we were, we were really writing down to the, the final days before mm. rehearsal and even even in rehearsal doing yeah. some rewrites and, and so doing that plus producing plus directing yeah. plus acting um, yeah it was a it's, a, it's a whole lot was, was this your first was this your first time producing or have you like outside of Fringe is this your first time producing a show I've, I've worked as a producer on yeah. a couple of things yeah, yeah. I, I did some uh, uh, mostly stuff that I was also acting mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Um, and this but it's is, a new thing for me, for sure. This is the sixth of show, so mm-hmm. show at least. I only ask because I know for myself, I find fringe producing a little different than Very different. Uh, uh, like regular producing. Yeah, yeah. Festival production is I find much easier. Yeah, it's, it's quite hectic. But you can be a little more a little more relaxed about things. You, you also there are things that you don't have to worry about, like like yeah. booking a space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have also fifty minutes to strike. Yeah. Like to set up and strike, so like you're not doing big production stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you think much more, um, like, like much more minimal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what can you what What have you learned producing this show? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that time is a really valuable commodity, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I am. I'm super proud of the group that we put together and mm-hmm. what we've accomplished. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that planning and and just time, time is time is just such a, uh, a pain. Like it's just <laughs> such a yeah. you know, it's it's just there's never enough of it. And I mean, we all know that, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, but I think going into you know the next the next time around. Uh, there's a, a big part of me that, that just wants to be able to give things more time. Totally. When you're talking and about time, are you thinking about like rehearsal time? Everything, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would ideally like to... And I mean, this is not, you know... This, is, <laughs> this has been a great time, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, if we're talking about what you learn, you know, I, I, would, I would prefer not to be making big rewrites in, in, mm. in, in rehearsal, you know, I, on something like this. I mean, it's funny because the last project we did, uh, Dark Matter, mm. there were huge questions, yeah. like right up until the final days. Um, but there weren't huge rewrites and there weren't, there were, there were like big sort of binary things of like, are we going to do this or are we going to do this? Yeah. But we kind of knew what either of them were. Uh-huh. And I think part of it is because of the time period, because of how academic the material is this time around. And, and we have a heightened language. In the yes. Too, so yeah. it's, you can't be, it's you can't be loose with it. Old timey-ish. It's from old timey time. Yes. Old timey yes. time. Yeah. 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 It's Elizabeth-esque. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and so anyways, uh, um, I'm rambling a bit, but that's okay. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 I would like to have been able to spend have spent more time on, mm. on just being an actor for longer, yeah. for longer with the material, you yeah. know, and um, and and just because you get to deepen the yes. more that you, you know, and I mean it's it's but it's always like this too. I mean it's the three week runs, you yeah. know. What I mean this yeah. is what yeah. we do in the trial and the theater community, and it's great. Um, but it's even better when your show gets picked up by somebody yeah. and then gets another life because then it, it has real time to develop and to grow. And yeah. I look at my favorite people in the indie theater, 
yeah. uh, uh, community, and I really can't wait to see what happens when they get some real time to yeah. make their work. Yeah, you yeah. know, because their work is already fantastic. Some of them, yeah. but man, you know, you, you you put actors on stage for three weeks. You're going to find that at the end of that three weeks, they're starting to find their feet. Yes. Going yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we know what this is and we can really start to play. Yeah. You know? I, I was thinking about that to this very question. I'm wondering, like, can I just do, like, you book a space two nights a week and do a rep show for, like, six or eight weeks? Right. Because yeah. everything works off word of mouth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Some theater, some spaces let you do that, so... You know, just to see how that actually be kind of interesting to do. Yeah, that out. Some of you steal your ideas. No, I don't think anybody's going to do it. I don't think anybody's going to do it. I mean, if they did, I mean, I, that's not a terrible thing. I mean, if somebody, no, no, you know, I think that that you know, having the opportunity, if there was like somebody starts it and then we get to do more, uh, uh, you know, two nights here yeah. every week. That this is a, this, this is our slot. We'll come out. They know we're going to do something, something really interesting here on this night. Yeah, that would certainly be different, in my, and and would sort of, I feel like that would um, ameliorate some of the issue. I mean, on the other hand, like part of it is doing that many shows. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I got to work in Rep this summer for the first time in a little while, and mm. I forgot how nice it is to like. Mm-hmm. It can also get really scary and monotonous yeah. at certain yeah. points, but right. but really, you know, once you're in a show twenty five, you're just like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. This is like. I know this at the back of my hand, and yeah. the ability to be really, really present because you're no longer worried about anything. And yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So. so, so <laughs> time. Time was a big thing. Time was Although a big that's thing. also, you know, that's often a product of money. Yes. Well, of course. So, that, so of course. Yeah. That certainly, we're trying to. Uh, we've run this as a indie, small budget, mm-hmm. just trying to get work out. Kind yeah. of. That kind of. Um, company and a lot of that has just partly been about getting skill and practice and experience of making shows and, and for me anyway as most as a writer like figuring out what my voice is yeah Certainly. Yeah. Certainly yeah. As a writer. yeah yeah and yeah. now uh, I, I feel more confident as a, as a director but now I'm like I'm, I'm confident with the work that I can produce mm. and I think that I could and we could make you know be getting grants and getting donations and, and sort of building the company into a larger. Can I can I ask you about the the language? Because you mentioned that it was Elizabethesque. Yeah. And what does what does that mean for this? Is it iambic pentameter? No. Oh gosh. Is it, no. Yeah. Just, no. Like, how do you it's basically Shakespeare. Because we're pretty much Shakespeare. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Okay. No. Writing it in verses is terrible. How do you how do you imagine. write for that period? We didn't really. We just wrote in a heightened like an older style mm-hmm. English like. Genuinely, it is probably more like like early 1800s English mm-hmm. with some modernity in it. Like, yeah, I would even... It's probably not even that old. It's, it's, yeah. it, I mean, it really is based... We, we as much wanted to make something that translated for our audience mm-hmm. as sounding the right fit mm-hmm. as any sort of historical verisimilitude. I yeah. Mean, you know, we... we it's it's little things like using the word perhaps instead of maybe. Mm, or, um, yeah. And they have longer sentences. Yes. And more, yes yeah. Yeah. They're more willing to have more complex grammatical structures mm-hmm. and a bit more rhetoric yeah. in their speech rather than just like, you're wrong, I disagree with you. They would, you know, have some potentially eloquent little refrain. To, yes, yeah. To, which is, I have to say, very fun as a writer because we don't, in, in modern language, you don't really get to play with the poetry of language as much. No, you don't. Sometimes, sometimes. Very rarely. And it always sounds a little bit heightened when you do it in a modern setting. It does. But to do it in a, in a, 
a historical setting, like yeah. an Elizabethan setting. And, and it was also important, I think, for us to convey through the language some of the time period, because they are talking, at, like, the subject matter is about angels and spirits mm-hmm. and prophecies and and religious, uh, like, Protestant Catholic split kind of stuff, that don't, not all of those really translate to today mm-hmm. perfectly well. Um, so there's there is something of, like, you want to convey a world where those issues would really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can focus on the human drama and not like, why do they care about spirits? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm also I'm also just a huge word nerd. I totally, love, totally I yeah. Love words and so and, and I know nerds too and so and nerds, uh, but especially words and and nerds, so that was too. super. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No, no, go on. Please, I would like to interrupt you. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I. Uh, I don't remember. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's fun. It is fun to play that language. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, yeah. Did uh, and and so you've been performing this for a little bit now. It was like two weeks. Two weeks. Second week. Second week. Yeah. Yeah. Second week. Yeah. We're, we're about halfway through it. Yeah. Did uh, how how how's the response been? Very bad. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> overall, pretty positive. We got some yeah. good reviews. And We've had great press. Yeah. Our reviews have been really good. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, talking to people who come out, there's the the spread of, of people who absolutely adore it mm-hmm. and, and gush about it and, and people who, um, you know, aren't, moved aren't, by it. aren't, aren't as moved by it or yeah. isn't their thing, you know? But that's, that's like anything. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel, I mean, Certainly, with this kind of work, like I want to make work that's going to polarize audiences a little right. bit, and and certainly, like I want to make a good show. I want yeah. to appeal to people, but um, I know I think for both of us, this is a very personal show in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of I think us in it, yeah. and that's not going to get everybody. You know, no. if, it's, if it's a very personal thing, and it's, it's weird subject matter. Like we're yeah. dealing with wizards and and then their emotional <laughs> life. So yeah. and you can't you can't appeal to everybody. You no. can't you can't you can't write something universal because that has no meaning. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's just, that's, that's just a blank white canvas, you know, it's all the yeah. colors. Yeah. But you can't see yeah. anything. Um, so the press has been good, audience has been good. Um, uh, if you, have you had any response for, for like taking it to another, another life? Has there been any, any movement that way or? Literally every theater has called us up. <laughs> no. um, that's certainly something on, on the horizon for this show mm-hmm. I would like to, um, Revamp it again mm-hmm. because I think it would benefit from a, a bigger kind of production. Right. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, and I think there's, um, I think it could appeal to a more traditional theater audience aside mm-hmm. from just the indie crowd. And I want to rewrite it and make it yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I think right now in terms of its next life, the biggest impetus is for Alec and I. You know, we've got ideas about about changes we'd like to make mm-hmm. and. and rough edges to sand over and but I mean we're also we're right in the middle of it right now. Yeah of course yeah. yeah. And especially I mean I think now this is probably more true for me than it is you, but but just having to actually be in the show every night and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like you do have to just take off the hat at some point yeah. and go, Okay, you know, I can't because you know, otherwise every it'll just drive you nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every, yeah. Every, and so yeah. So yeah. Um but as opposed, uh, as far as uh, uh, people getting in touch with us, mm. um, should I say my phone number? Or? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, that that sort of thing usually oh. would happen after. Yeah. after well, on, a, on on just just on that note, are you guys on on Twitter, uh, yeah. Facebook? What are your what are your Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, 
Joshu underscore Oshua. That's A S H U A. Um, you can't spell his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we're on Twitter as company as uh, at Circle Snake. Okay. And I'm Alec underscore Taller or something? <laughs> pretty exciting. Wow. Panda. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty. I can pretty spell may not be able to spell my name, but at least I remember my Twitter. It's true. It's true. I'm on Facebook with my real name, so. <laughs> if you like uh, learning about my first experience re- reading Harry Potter, then. Following my Twitter or Facebook feed will be. I have video. actually noticed that, that you're 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 having that 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 Harry Potter. Yeah, man, the boy was. was. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's actually what I came here to talk about. Oh well, we've been wasting all this time about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only yeah, have a couple minutes. I've been trying to, get to figure out how to like continue seeing Alex posts on social media, but just not all of those. Yeah, <laughs> like, all of the hashtags. I think there must be a way. I mailed them to you. There must be a way that you yes. can filter he out hashtags. Them out and I like, find them in my mailbox. And it's so weird that he's like 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 each one at 140 characters only. It's really yeah yeah. I deliver them by owl, so that's really really kind of on the nose. But that's like really really awesome. I know you guys have to get going. To, to get to your show tonight but so thanks thanks so much for talking with me thank you uh, yeah. this has been a lot of fun great yeah. thanks so much <laughs>